please pray with me. Father God, please give us joy in our hearts on this glorious day. Please use your word dwell in us richly. Please encourage us for this difficult journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, happy Easter incarnation. It's good to be virtually with you this morning. We're used to Easter Day being one of the biggest parties of the year, but of course, our celebration this year is going to feel somewhat muted by the quarantine. In some ways, we're still going to be in the desert for a little bit longer. You might have heard already that the Italian word for Lent is quarantina, and the Italian word for quarantine is quarantena. And they come from the same root word, the word quaranta, which means 40. So we get our word quarantine from the Italian word for 40. Because in times past, whenever there was sickness in Venice, the city was sealed off for 40 days. So today, on Easter Day, the 40 days of Lent are over. But the 40 days of quarantine, so to speak, are still going. And uh, we don't really know for how much longer, but we do know that they too will come to an end when the Lord wills. And then we will feast and party together. And I think it's helpful for us to remember this morning that the first Easter morning wasn't much of a party for the women who went to the tomb either. I've been meditating on the beginning of Matthew chapter 28 this week. Those women woke up before dawn and they woke up into a world very much under the shadow of death. Imagine what was going on in their hearts on that first Easter morning. They were filled with both the grief of losing Jesus and fear for their own lives. Grief and fear, a cocktail that a lot of us are very familiar with right now. And their first job of the week was to anoint their dear friend's dead body a job they hadn't been able to do, as was normal, on the day when he died, maybe because the Sabbath was fast approaching, or maybe it was for fear of the Jewish and Roman authorities. But whatever the reason, his body had been buried without being properly anointed. Normal life had been derailed. So the women had to go back on the first day of the week as soon as it was light enough to see. And they had to figure out a way to get inside the sealed tomb so that they could perform this last duty and give Jesus their final gift of love and respect. So the first Easter day wasn't a good day when it started. And we know that what was waiting for those women when they got to the tomb was the surprise of their lives. They were about to make the most amazing discovery in history and it would change everything, but not immediately. There was going to be this dawning realisation of the truth and what it meant. So first they came and they found the tomb empty, which only made a bad situation worse. And then they saw an angel as bright as lightning, which only made an anxious situation all the more terrifying. And then that angel gave them a job to do, a job to go and deliver a message that was far too wonderful to believe. So Matthew tells us in chapter 28, verse 8, that the women departed from the tomb with fear and great joy. Fear and joy. So their fear had started to give way 
to great joy, but there was still plenty of fear left. And it was going to take some time longer for them to fully realize how much significance this day had for the rest of their lives. Now, we ourselves have had a lot longer to think about it than those women had on day one. And we know that Jesus rising from the dead is wonderfully good news. And really, the only good news there is in the world. Because whatever other good news I might have in my life, whatever victories I might accomplish, I know that death is always going to have the last laugh. So I could win a million dollars in the lottery, but I'm still going to die, and I can't take any of it with me. Or I could marry the most wonderful person in the whole world, but then one day death is going to come along and separate us again. Or I could discover the cure for coronavirus and be the most famous person in the whole world, but then someday I'm still going to die of something else, and I'll eventually be forgotten. So death laughs at all our victories, and eventually it turns all our good news into bad news. And that's why I say that resurrection is really the only good news there is, because it defeats death. And resurrection is such good news that it turns all our bad news into good news. So here are the conclusions we can draw from Easter morning. Because Jesus rose, he was right. Because he was right, he was God. Because he was God, he died on purpose, as he said. Because he died on purpose, his death was effective. Because it was effective, we are forgiven. And because we're forgiven, we too will rise to new life, just like he did. So the resurrection changes everything for all of us because it gives the final answer, the knockout punch, the antidote to death. And I know I'm not telling you anything new when I say this, I'm just reminding you of the hope that we share. We know that this is the answer, that this is the only answer, that life is found in Jesus, that he is the way and the truth and the life, that he alone can rebuild what death has torn down. And that he's not only got the answer to how we live eternally, he's also got the answer to how we live here and now, right now. The one who defeated death knows how to do life. And we look at him and acknowledge that his way is right. And I say all this because I think we need to hear this today more than ever. I don't know about you, but I'm just really not doing so well right now. I'm a long way from being my best self. This quarantine, this stay-at-home order is really hard. It's one of the hardest things I've done in my whole life. I thought I was a self-disciplined person who denied my flesh to keep a holy Lent. And I thought I was digging pretty deep to give up chocolate and alcohol for 40 days. But I'd never choose to give up friends and parties and church and shopping and hugs and coffee dates and restaurants and movie theatres and sports and the Olympics and concerts and travel and sending the children off to school for an indeterminate period. I would never do that to myself. But now God has decided to do that to all of us. And how are we doing with it? I suspect the answer is not very well. If you're anything like me, you're pretty much your worst self right now. 
So if you have an alcohol problem, I expect that you've drunk too much this week. If you have an anger problem, I expect that you've yelled at your family this week. Whatever your worst stuff is, I expect that this has been a bad week for you. Because the sweet, healthy water of human society is denied us. And we are in the desert. Maybe the worst desert of our lives. And what do we do when we're in the desert? We reach out for our idols. Whatever worldly comforts we can still get our hands on, those we are grabbing. And if that's true, and if we're ready to be honest about it, then let's also say this. It has never been more obvious how much they don't help. Am I right? We're going to our idols because it's all we think we have and we'll take something rather than nothing if it will ease the pain just a little bit. But it's such a little bit. The idols help so little. So maybe we can see now here in the desert how much more help we need than our idols can give us. And maybe God brought us here for the very purpose of turning our hearts back to him alone. Our Father may not have solved all our problems yet, but he's still the only one who can. So there's really nothing else to do than wait for him to solve them and to pray for him to do so. So please allow this season of suffering to separate you from all your worldly hopes Please give to God the gift of your obedience now when you're in the desert and it's so much harder because the being harder makes the gift that much more precious. And as I close, I want to bless you and speak over you the words of Psalm 20, which God spoke over me this week. Psalm 20 says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favour your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfil all your plans. How we all long for these things for one another. And the psalm shifts focus here. And it says, May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. We, the people of God, long for God to bless you. We pray for it. We look for it. We will shout for joy when we see it. And the psalm goes on. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Yes, now we know. Think about Jesus raised from the dead. Now we know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Yes, he will. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. The psalm calls, O Lord, save the king, and God answered that prayer. He saved our king, Jesus. So now, may he answer us when we call. Amen.